genre. Archives, where we discuss the history and legends of a galaxy far, far away. I'm Gary Roby. And I'm Tim Garcia. And we are back for another deep dive episode this time. We are jumping into the first two episodes of Star Wars Resistance. Uh, Tim, this was your idea. You really liked this show, right? Like, I remember you being really hype about it when it was um, coming out. So, hmm, well, I guess we'll discuss our feelings on the show at, at the end here. But Sure. Okay. Um, I have watched not the entire series, but that doesn't oh. mean I don't like shows. Sure. Necessarily. Um, I often start shows and video games and stuff like that and get about halfway through and then have you know move on to something Other else and then up. just yeah. yeah and then i just forget it so i've actually never finished the show even though it's only two seasons um yeah. but when it was coming out i was like is this was this show made for me is this the one for tim this yeah because you're like really into like pilot stuff i and loved all the- i loved uh growing up i loved like the pilots like planes and stuff and i loved uh i still love racing uh, like mm-hmm. motorsports, and this is uh, what all the trailers are like. Oh, he's gonna go to like a racing place, and he's gonna. Yeah. It's like it's. I was like, okay, cool. Um, the the show is is very much for kids. Um, I oh, think yeah, definitely. When when they advertised it, they're like, it's Filoni's next show, you know, and I'm like, okay, awesome, this is gonna be great. Um, it's definitely not. I'm not the target audience <laughs> as much as I felt like it. Um, gotcha. But yeah. That's fair. How far did you... Do you remember how far you got? Uh, I did not quite finish the first season, but I got close. So, like... Gotcha. Episode, okay. There's 21, I won't spoil 21 or 22 episodes, one, but Because yeah. we're talking about it, but... Yeah. yeah. Did you... Well, how much... I, did you watch it at all, or no? Yeah, I've seen the whole thing. Oh, okay, cool. I yeah. think I did watch it to the end. Okay, um, awesome. You know, and it takes place... This takes place um, concurrently with... Um, the first two movies of the sequel trilogy. So um, I believe he joins this. I think Kazuto, the main characters, we'll get into him. Like, I think his story is introduced like before Force Awakens starts. But by the end of the season, like the stuff that happens during Force Awakens is happening, like ancillary to the plot. And um, I find that I found that really fascinating. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I haven't gotten to the part where it really starts tying, um, tying in, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, obviously, it starts with Poe Dameron uh, and BB-8 yeah. and stuff like that, and uh, it's actually, uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's fun. I like this one. Um, do you want to just like jump right into plot? Yeah, yeah. Do these first two episodes? We're gonna be talking about uh, the first two episodes of season one, uh, the recruit. Which is a two-parter, uh, part one and part two. I think, yeah, I think they just, they aired, like, back-to-back on the same night. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them do. Um, and I always find when we do these deep dives, uh, some of them, like, with Clone Wars and stuff, you can jump into kind of any story arc. But with these uh, episodes that are not as serialized, um, it's kind of good to just kind of jump at the beginning or... 
Um, yeah, I think so too. I think with stuff like maybe if we did a Mandalorian episode, we could kind of jump into any one of them just because so many people have watched, whereas these I think are a little bit smaller. So, yeah, I'm I'm so curious as like what the audience or the viewership for this one was in comparison to something like, um, like Rebels. Yeah, like Clone Rebels. Wars. Yeah. Well, Clone Wars, I think way more people. Uh, oh yeah, almost certainly, especially because it's been around for so long. You know. Yeah, uh, I wonder if that's why it only got two seasons. Also, there's got to be like behind the scenes stuff, right? Because Dave Filoni is working on this and then they announced that they were coming back to do season seven of Clone Wars. And then uh, not long after that is when like Bad Batch production started. So I wonder if it was just like conflicting schedules or if it just wasn't the the audience wasn't big enough or what it was. Yeah, I'll um, bet you had more to it didn't seem like many people were watching this show, honestly, when it yeah, was Yeah, I don't think so either. Also, like it, just looking at IMDb, like the the ratings per, for this aren't particularly great either. Um, despite the fact that I really enjoyed this batch of episodes watching uh, watching them in preparation for this again. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the the show it. um how does it 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 starts uh kind of with it's like I'm already in because it's uh it starts with a space battle, which is one of my favorite yeah. things. Um it's great. and it's a three V one space battle. It's three X Wings um versus one red tie interceptor that's a first order interceptor. Yeah. These three X Wings are not resistance. They yeah, they're just are, New Republic. They're New Republic pilots, pilots mm-hmm. yes. Um so uh yeah, so it's kind of interesting. It's it's easier. They're using the New Republic uh, symbol um, and everything, uh, and they're blue, and yeah. they're both. They're all three of the X wing pilots are getting completely wrecked by this one tie interceptor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, this is like, when we're introduced for the first time to our principal character, Kazuda Ziono. Yes, who is seems to be the one leading this uh, squadron. Yeah, he does. He he kind of calls the shots and um, he's like, I'm going to make a move. And he sends the other two home. Basically, he's like, you guys, I got to get this to the resistance. Yeah, um, they got to get this. You get out of they here. They got to get the this information. To should be here any minute. Yeah, this information to the resistance. Yeah. Uh, and he does this hot shot move that doesn't really work. Um, he just gets he basically does a K turn, uh, basically like a. Like almost like a handbrake turn. Yeah. Where he uh, stops and turns around and shoots at the guy. And the the tie interceptor's like, okay, well, I'll just shoot your wing then. uh, Since you're just going to be stationary like that. (laughs) And just as he's about to get blasted, another X-Wing comes uh, and saves him after his friends have already gone home. And it is none other than Poe Dameron. Yeah. Poe, of course... Like, holds his own against this this red TIE fighter, but it still isn't, like, enough for him to take it down on his own. Um, despite the fact that Kaz, uh, his engines are offline, he's able to bring his uh, his weapon systems back up. And he tells Poe to, like, bring bring this TIE fighter around because he's got a plan. Yeah. And uh, they sort of do, like, a chicken maneuver. They like where? pull him around. It's kind of reminded me of the Force Awakens move where when Finn gets his gets the gun kind of dead stick on the yeah. on the Falcon. Um it's kind of like a weird like two per, two party version of that cuz uh Kaz is just kind of floating there and mm-hmm. Poe just kind of 
leads the interceptor in front of his floating ship yeah. and then like, he shoots him and he just shoots him once and then he like, apparently scares off the tie yeah which... he, he ends up turning and jumping into hyperspace yeah and poe keeps going like man this guy must be a really good pilot he's still alive which yeah. is <laughs> i it seems like a very small it was 3v1 right? like yeah this guy was holding his own he was fine he wasn't though he was literally when you showed up he was like almost exploded that's fair. Like, yeah, that's true. He was. Had oh no yeah, power. you're right. Sorry, sorry. You mean you mean the Kaz's? Yes. Sorry, I thought you were talking about no, the X-wing pilot being no. a good, a good pilot. No, I was um, not the Tie Interceptor. No, like Poe's talking about Kaz. Yeah, sorry, that's what I and meant. And he's like, yes, this guy's yes, a really yes, good yes. pilot. I can't believe he's still alive. And it's like he was literally almost dead. Yeah, he was about yeah. to explode. Those those missiles would have hit him if you didn't arrive when you did, Poe. It was over. That fight was over. Um. But yeah, like Kaz, uh, Poe brings Kaz aboard a, um, a blockade runner, right? Like it's one of the, it's one of those ships. And, um, basically like hypes Kaz up is like, like, you've got something like I can tell, like, have you thought about joining up kind of deal? But I don't know how much of that is just the like, does he tell that to everyone? get them i don't know you know what i mean i mean i imagine the resistance is hurting for people right so like maybe yeah he's just like you're special it's very cult leader of him of him like no one else can see it but but i I know know, i know you're special i'm you know trust me on this um but i'm poe speaking of hyping up uh he hypes up the the blockade runner um it's uh he's it's seen action from scarif through um through Jakku. Through Jakku. So it's uh-huh. all literally, it's it's a, like a 40-year-old ship. Like a 45-year-old yeah. ship at this point. Um, They're still using it. They still, still use, which is cool. Uh, uh, I like that they got Oscar Isaac to come do the voice for Poe for this episode. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, uh, and that he seemed to enjoy doing. Like, he, you could tell yeah. he was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm doing it. I'm professional. And he, you know, he was all in. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, he, of course, Kaz is like, I'm not going to join. Like, I can't. My dad says no. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff with his dad that is just kind of touched on. There, there's a bit that happens here. Um, he, there's, there's some back and forth, right? Like, Poe has a meeting, uh, with, um, with Leia Organa over, like, a holo call. And uh, Kaz decides in the end that like he does want to join up. He does want right. to help. And all he's got to do is call his dad and let him know. And he goes to call his dad. And his, his dad's like, well, what do you want this time? I got you this. I did this for you. Like he's everything like, you got to do with me. I got to do it for you. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, his dad was fine. Just, no, I don't. I, I was just going to tell you that I was going to do this. Absolute thing. Absolute ass for no reason. Now I'm not even I just right off the bat. He's such a jerk. Yeah. What a jerk. His dad's mean, rude. Um, so, so he's like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm just going to go do it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, tells, tells, uh, Poe that like, yes, I am going to join up and, uh, I'll help you guys out. Yeah. So they, so, you know, Poe's manipulation worked. Um, <laughs> and they also, he also showed a hologram of, uh, cause, 
apparently Kaz like loves Leia. She's like, wow, oh my God, she's like so the coolest. Funny. She's the most bravest woman in the galaxy, blah, blah, blah. And then he like. He's like, tell her I said hi. Yeah. And, he gets <laughs> and then Paul leaves and he's like, I can't believe I just said tell the general I said hi. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so apparently that was part of it too. But anyway, so they go on this mission. Poe explains that they're going to go to that the first order has a hidden base in wild space somewhere. They go to a planet called Castellon, mm-hmm. um, and specifically an oil rig, um, yeah. called the Colossus, um, which uh, Kaz has heard of because it is it's like a racing it's like a ship racing base. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And like people from the people from uh, the Empire, people from the rebels, it didn't matter. They all all the all the uh, and pirates, all the best pilots went to this space freighter um, and they would they would race there and they'd gamble and, and all that all that stuff, which is I think yeah. just the idea of that is very cool to me. Like, I, yeah, love I think this place is really cool. The Colossus as a as uh-huh. an idea. Um the uh they they land there and, and so basically Kaz's job, I assume for the whole show, is he must find this hidden first order person on the uh on the on the yeah. fr- on the what's it called? The Colossus. So uh on the Colossus. So we you know, the information that he was delivering to the resistance at the beginning turns out that um it is Supposedly, like it's the information that says that the First Order is gathering to is is building a fleet that they are essentially going to use to attack the the New Republic directly. And so, yeah, they're going to he's going to go and become a he he's like, give me whatever ace pilot jobs you have. And Poe is like, I'm going to make you a spy on a (laughs) on an oil rig. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it makes sense when you see the, you know. What all he's when you get he's here. gonna do there? Uh huh. Full of pilots. So yeah, uh, the first thing he sees when he gets off the ship is uh, a dude throwing another dude off of the rig into the water, throwing and the guy's water. screaming, oh, "I changed my mind! I'll race! I'll race!" Ah! And he goes down there. <laughs> uh, the man or the uh, person throwing the uh, dude off is a guy named Bolza Gruel. Uh huh. Um, and he is a uh, big old alien dude. He's like a. He's huge. He is Clatoon, Clatoonian, Clatoonian. Oh, okay. Um, which uh does most of them do not look like that. They're not that big. It looks like they were in. They're definitely in um, Clone Wars. Um, but they're in Episode One and Two for sure. Um, but they're just like yeah. they're like weird alien guys. I don't know how to. Describe <laughs> them. They're like them. one of those, like they're one of the weird ones that you can tell they're just for the background. They're not a lot of effort put into what they look like on screen, but yeah, um, yeah, that's what he is. He's uh, voiced by Fred Tadascior. Oh, Fred Tadascior. Yeah, he's Tadascior. Yeah, who's got literally like nine hundred credits. Yeah, on like IMDb. anytime you need a big angry dude, like I'm, I, he's yeah. he's voiced the Hulk multiple times. Uh, like, yeah, just any big angry dude he'll do. Um, so yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so that's the first thing. So that kind of colors his vision of this. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then the first guy he meets that Poe introduces him to is, uh, Niku Vozu. Vozo. Vozo. Voiced by Josh Brenner. Yeah. 
Uh, he has a green Nikto. Um, yeah, I like him. And he is very much uh, like one of those uh, alien characters just takes everything literally. Yes. Uh, and they establish that right off the bat. Everything he says is like, uh, like it, it, they tone it down later. But like the first thing they do when they introduce him is like, he'll be hanging around. Where will he be hanging from? You yeah. know, like he, he just gets very like, you know. You just took that and you ran with it. He's like, I didn't run anywhere. No. He overhears, he overhears Kaz saying that it was always that he walks up like at the end of it. He was saying it was always his dream to be the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. And, uh, and Niku's like, you're the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. Yeah. He, and he hears, proceeds to tell everybody else. Yeah. He just hears the tail end of like, that's, that's what I always dreamed of. He was like, uh, uh, Kazuda Ziono, best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. And Niku's like, hello, Kazuda Ziono, best starfighter in the <laughs> best star pilot in the galaxy. And then he just tells the entire rig. Yeah, he tells somebody and then you see the tail get passed from like person to person and changing like, oh, he's the best pilot in the in the mid rim. Oh, he won 15 competitions in whatever thing. And it's like, where did you get like, where did that come from? Yeah, it's well, you've. I mean, you've been in like those kind of small uh, things where like one thing gets said and then literally uh-huh. in a matter of minutes, everybody knows at least some variation. I mean, some variation. We worked, it's, it's telephone. We worked at a movie theater together and that's exactly yes. how things would work in the movie theater. All it's the just time. like, yep, one person would say thing, something and then everyone would know something, you know, some yeah, version of version that story. Of that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Poe is taking him to meet uh, a former contact. Uh, someone he's known for a long time, Jarek Yeager, who uh, is a mechanic here on on the Colossus, uh, voiced by Scott Lawrence, who I looked at his credits and I don't recognize anything else he's done. Oh, interesting. Um, he's um, been like, well, no, I mean, like he's been in things, but he's always been like he was in James Cavern's Avatar, but he was a Venture Star Crew chief. And then he was in Star Trek Into Darkness as a USS Vengeance officer. So he's like got a lot of background <laughs> credits. Yeah. Um, um, but I like, I like Eager a lot. He seems tired. He doesn't want anything to do with this. Um, like Poe, the war is over. He did the voice of Darth Vader in Squadrons. Oh, that's fun. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And then in the VR, uh, the, the Vader Immortal thing he did as well. Ah, cool. Actually, looking at this, it looks like he does Vader a lot. Oh, Nice. Interesting. And that's interesting. I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the Star Wars, the other Star Wars connection there. Um, but yeah, he's very much an old somehow Poe knows him and he's like, oh, you're always looking to fight for a cause. Like, that's enough, you know, kind yeah, of thing. It's weird. He very specifically mentions to Poe that like, oh, the Empire is not around anymore. So like, I wonder if it makes me think that Yeager was like part of the the. um the rebellion back during the when the empire was around, like maybe new Poe is a kid or like new Poe's parents, actually. And mm. now Poe is like still involved, still fighting, even though to, that to me, I ended. think he just knows Poe very well because yeah, I don't like I'm so curious, like what you got to figure Poe wanted to be that hero of the resistance, that that hero star fighter, starfighter pilot. Sure. But has been growing up in a Cold War. Mm hmm. So like he he could never be that because he had no one really yeah, there wasn't a fight. To fight. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think that there's the Empire's gone is kind of like a 
quit looking for a war to fight. There is no war to fight. Yeah. You know, like, knock it off. We've won the war. Yeah. Like, you can relax now. <laughs> like home, he's buddy. Like, Poe is basically... Like someone growing up in the seventies, wishing he was the World War Two flying ace. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, he wants to go shoot down Russians, but you know, it's like, dude, you can't go shoot down Russians, you know? Nah. Uh, or the Soviets doesn't work like yeah, that. Yeah, but that's that's who Poe is. Mm-hmm. So Yeager's like, all right, you can. He tells Kaz, you can stay with me. And you can, uh, you know, earn your keep. Basically, you can, you can, but you, you know, leave the resistance stuff out of it. I don't want to be a part. Yeah, of it. I don't want anything to do with your spy business. Like that's all on you. Um, but I'll give you at least give you a place to stay. He's like really cagey about it. This whole episode, actually, like uh, when Poe when Poe says that he's leaving, um, but he's like, oh, but Yeager's going to give you a place to stay. And he's like, I haven't agreed to that yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and for at least a long a while in the first season, that's Yeager's whole character. Is he's yeah, just kind of like, cagey. Uh huh. Um, and while they're in, and they go to the only bar on the, uh, well, no, not the only bar. I guess we see another bar later in the series, but um, one of the the biggest bars on the uh, on the Colossus called it's Aunt Z's. It's just Aunt Z's, yeah. And I like Aunt Z a lot. Aunt Z is a female version of uh, what's his name? Uh, oh yeah, Ray's, um, uh, what's his uh, Simon Pegg's character? Simon on, Pegg's character. What is his name? Um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uncar Plutt. Uncar Plutt. Thank it's, you. He, she's a female version of his race, which I love that. Yeah. But yeah, so she's there, and she already knows him from all the, <laughs> the stories being from all the stories we passed around. Um, and while, while Poe and Yeager are negotiating, they tell Kaz to not get into trouble. Kaz proceeds to, uh, go through some slapstick hijinks with betting on darts, um, and starts a huge bar fight. And it is, it's really funny because Poe's like... Poe is out the Poe and, and, and Yeager outside and he's like, it's going to be fine. He's going to keep a low profile like you're not going to have to worry about anything. And then all of a sudden, one of these aliens, the little alien that he was betting against, like just hits the window. Yeah, just, just gets completely. It's, wrecked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's very silly. So, yeah. So uh, obviously that's not going to be a thing. And, you know, he owes now he owes people money and like he's he's a huge uh, he's in a lot of trouble, basically. Yeah. However, I don't even remember how this happened. I didn't write it in my notes. OK, but he somehow uh, it's another miscommunication with Niku. Oh, mm -hmm. so what happens here is he. He tells Niku, like, no, like, I'm I'm not the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. Like you, you took what I said and 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 this is where he says and you ran with it. Yeah. Um, and he's he's like really hurt. Like Niku, Niku looks at it as though Kazuda lied to him, even though he wasn't. They weren't communi- They weren't even talking to each other when he made that proclamation. Yeah. Kaz goes out there uh, to comfort him and to be like, look, like. I was I, this has always been a dream of mine. I've always wanted to be the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. Like, you know, like I I don't think that I am, but like maybe I could be. I haven't raced anybody here. And he's like, oh, that's how we're going to prove it. You're going to you should ch- you you should challenge in this race. And then just proceeds to go into Aunt Z's and, and 
once again, proclaim to everybody that Kazuda is going to enter this race and prove that he's the best pilot. Yeah. And uh, and there's no getting out of it once you've been signed up because uh, Aunt Z is going to start immediately starts taking bets. And the threat is that if he doesn't go through with it, if he doesn't participate in this um, in this race, that Boza Gruel, Boza Gruel is going to throw him off, off the off the just like he saw off the platform, platform. headfirst. Right. Um, so, of course, that means he needs to race now. Yeah. So he's he basically gets this caught up and uh, he's out on the balcony and he's looking it up. He has to face one of the aces. Yeah. And there's five aces. Five aces. aces. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, basically before they do that, they're like, okay, well, we got to you got to um, you got to race now. And. Uh, pose like, well, I guess this is how you're staying cover- undercover by making a big spectacle. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm leaving. Yep. Uh, Good luck. And he leaves BB-8 with him. And I, yeah, I don't really understand that other than we need BB-8 in this show. Um, it's it's very it's very strange to me, too, because like. I think later in this season, uh, because the f- stuff that happens in Force Awakens is taking place, BB-8 can't be there anymore, so they give him a different BB unit. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a weird decision, uh, yeah. narratively. Like, why, I guess, to why? sell the show, but, like, it, yeah. you sold Rebels without having, you know, R2 have to be there, you know, like, um... Yeah, Not it, that R2 doesn't show up in Rebels. No, it's, but, it's you know, it's like, but, it's yeah, not like... Like, he's not... With the principal character, yeah, episode one. And, and BB-8 doesn't even really do anything in any of these episodes, really. Not he just kind of hangs out. Um, he's just there. Yeah. yeah, he makes, he reacts, he beep reacts. Um, yeah. So that's basically all he, that's his entire purpose. It's uh, just a reaction like, droid. Yeah, um, that was good. <laughs> uh, but, uh... <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so that's so he leaves him there and then he's like, "Okay, good luck." And then he tells BB-8 like, "Oh, I think he's going to be something. I can yeah. feel it." So I guess it's not just a just a line he tells every I maybe it is, but he maybe he wants is. to make BB-8 feel like Yeah, he's encur- he's trying to encourage BB-8 this isn't a bad idea. Which I think is fun. I don't know, maybe maybe Poe's going on a date and he's like, "I got to I just need to I need to leave for a little I, bit. I need I'll be to. Back. Li- I'll leave BB-8 here, but I feel like B- no, you wouldn't want BB-8 on it. You'd want to. <laughs> you'd want a BB-8 on a first date. You wouldn't want BB-8 on the second date, right? Probably. I uh, feel like. Yeah. Right. Like that makes sense. Yeah. So maybe he's like, yeah, that's going to be my running theory. Is that's where Poe was going. <laughs> Poe po went on a date. That's why he yeah, left him here. He left. He's he's like, Kaz, you do this mission. Take care of my droid. I'll be right back. It's I'll be cool. back later. Yeah, yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, even Yeager, like, is re- it's really funny because Yeager's like, well, maybe by, maybe if you make such a spectacle of yourself, then no one will suspect that you're a spy. Yeah, both of them kind of make that same joke. Yeah. Because uh, he's not, not, this is the last thing I would consider undercover. Basically, Poe is, like, exercising the worst, like, personnel finding. Yeah, also, like, it's interesting because, like, t- does Poe, like, how much authority does Poe have to, like, bring people in and then assign them missions? Like, I mean, I guess this is, like, barely a mission. I suppose. Right? He's not sharing any sensitive 
data really with Kaz. No, Kaz is just there to like keep an eye out if, and if Kaz let can him find know something if he great something. if he doesn't, oh well. Yeah, what's nothing like, there's lost. nothing lost here. Yeah. It's literally just he really just needed a droid babysitter for his date. I guess so. <laughs> and he he just made Kaz think he's part of this big important mission for the resistance. Oh, poor Kaz, get strung but, along like this. Yeah. He's just free droid babysitting. Yeah. Um, we do get to see a bit of a race that is happening. Oh, yeah, you were about to introduce the five ace pilots, Yeah, so this right? is moving on to the second episode, but, um, yeah, so we, they're out on the, on the, on the deck and they're watching this race and we see the five ace pilots and it's really cool. So they're going through the rings, which reminded me of, so like the way the racing works, it reminds me of the old, uh, old air races so like where they'd actually be up so like now you can go to like the red uh red bull air racing um and like the 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 like air the like stunt plane racing and it's always one um one plane at a time but i believe they used to do it where you could like have multiple planes up there interesting but yeah so they're but like now when you go to like the red bull air racing you're seeing one plane it's going through obstacles uh and uh you're, you're racing again you're doing both like form so you have to like level there's like different obstacles where you have to tilt your plane the right way or uh or like be level with the ground and yeah. uh yeah so that's cool but yeah so that's so that's what it is but um in this you're they're flying they're flying multiple different plane or ships uh -huh. Um, they're all trying to go through the different hoops and basically it's just like a, a regular car race, uh -huh. um, where you're just trying to get through, you're trying to f cross that last hoop first, first, mm -hmm. um, and you don't want to die, but it does look like, uh, you, they shoot some sort of non-lethal, like maybe, yeah. ion, maybe low level ion pulses that slow each other down. So it's kind of got like a Mario Kart feel to it too. Yeah. It's uh, it, it it's kind of cool. I really like it. I wish there was a, a game or something that I could play, where you're, you know, it's like an air yeah. race, like a Star Wars air race. Yeah, this is fun. I I enjoy this race. I like um, do you have the names of the pilots? I do. I like this lead pilot. So the lead pirate is a pilot is a Rodian named Hype Phazon. Hype Phazon, what a good name! Yeah, he's great, and he is very much like an eccentric Rodian, uh, uh -huh. and I like him a lot. Uh, he's obnoxious, but uh, in a, of course he's obnoxious because he's an ace pilot. Uh huh. The other ones, uh, Griff Halleron, he is. Uh, he looks like he's ex imperial. He's yeah. like still wearing his like Tie Fighter light suit stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, we have apparently the Norwegian Freya Fenris. Yeah, no, uh -huh, literally Fenris. two. Well, and Freya, like you Freya got, Fenris. It's literally oh my just God. two yeah, Norse right. god. Uh, names. Uh, she's That's just really she's funny. a blonde human. Uh, she wears uh -huh. red. Her stuff is all red. Uh, Bo Keevil. Um, he's dressed all in yellow. And then our next supporting character, Tora Doza. Tora Doza. Um, they also mentioned that if you win, you get to stay. If you become an ace, you get to stay in Doza Tower, where everything is yeah. better. Niku wants to be up in Doza Tower because the food's better, sleeping's better. Like everything's cleaner. 
Like, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, he tells he tells um, he tells Kazuda that he um, is he his dream is to live up in Doza Tower. And if if Kaz proves to be one of the best, then him and his team, in, which includes Miku, uh, will be allowed to live in Doza Tower. So, um, yeah, hyping him up. Yeah, so he wants to, he wants, that's how he says they share the same dream. They both want to, him to be an ace pilot. The best pilot, yeah. Um, I really want to talk about Toradoza's ship. Okay, please. It is a very awesome blue, like baby blue and orange ship. Um, And racing fans know it as the iconic Gulf livery. Now, the Gulf livery has been used on tons of different types of race cars. Um, The McLaren F1 team just this year, I believe in Monaco, I think it was in Monaco, um, raced a Gulf livery. Uh, Gulf, I believe, is an oil company. Um, Okay. But, uh, yeah, so if you Google uh, Porsche 917 Gulf livery... Um, and then Google Toradoza's ship. They're basically the same, like the Porsche 917 was a, uh, Porsche car used, I think in the early seventies, uh, the, with the Gulf livery, sorry. Yeah. Uh, in Le Mans. Uh, and it was a very, very good car and very, very iconic car. Um, and so Toradoza's ship is very clearly an homage to that very yeah, absolutely. iconic race car. Now that I've looked it up, I'm just like, oh, like I didn't even realize how much her ship just looks like a car. Yeah, like, it's, it's exactly it's kind of rad. It's yeah, it has it's like headlamps cool. on it. Like yep. it's very fun. Yeah, it looks exactly like that, like that Porsche uh, with wings, basically. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely like the racing nerd in me. It's like, that's the coolest thing ever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very. So, funny. yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's why I'm a fan of Toradoza, basically. And her her flight really suit getup is of course all Gulf livery too. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, to me, I'm just like that's the coolest design. Um. So yeah. So we see that. So we see Toro does a ship. They find out that he has to do a one on one race, and he gets to pick which pilot. And uh, mm-hmm. before he picks the pilot, I have a little fun note here. Um. The the announcer that calls him out that is like, you get to choose your opponent. You get to, you get to pick the racer. You get to select the instrument of your own fiery destruction, uh, is a character named Jack Sivrak. And, uh, he is voiced by Greg Proops, who, uh, was the voice of Foden Bede in, um, in Phantom Menace yeah, during I, the pod race. It's the same species also. They're the same species. That's what species. I was thinking as I was like, this this sounds like exactly the same announcer from the pod race. Yeah, yeah but it's it is. Like, it's it's, it's uh, what? not the same announcer, but it's still Greg Proops. Yeah, so it must be, let's see, four, it's like 75 years later uh, from the pod race. So, or 65, something like that. Something like that. Um, But yeah, so he, yeah, so that's funny. It's, it's still Greg Proops. Uh, he Actually, just, what year? What? What? Do we know what year? Uh, after the Battle of Yavin, that Force Wiggins takes place? Is it sixty? Years? It's like thirty-five. Well, thirty. No, it's not. Yeah, 30, it's not 60, it's, I, I believe it's thirty-five years post Jedi. So that's like thirty-eight years BBY. 
Um, 34 ABY. Okay. And the race, uh, the Boont Eve class, it took place 32 BBY. So yeah, it's almost 70 years. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, I just thought that was a fun little note catching yeah, it. Yeah, that's Bruce really awesome. This again. Uh-huh. So uh, anyway, we got, um, he's got to pick his racer that he wants to fight or to face one-on-one. And he just sees pretty girl and goes, her. Yep. That's the one. Her. Yep. Uh, even the announcer mentions that she's like the newest pilot to join the aces. Yeah, despite being the daughter of the owner of uh-huh. the platform, uh, Captain Doza. So she's like the daughter of. So she's basically like royalty of this of the Colossus, yeah. basically. So they're like, OK, cool. But then he's like, wait, I don't have a ship. Like, what am I supposed to do? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Yeager goes, well, you can use the fireball. And he's <laughs> oh, like, the fireball. oh, the that fireball. That sounds fast. Uh, yeah. And Niku's like, well, it explodes when you accelerate, when you shift, when you steer and when you land. Even when you land? And he's, well, what I got is why does it why does it need to shift? I have no idea. Because I didn't are there gear shifts in Not really. Like why would you need there to be a gear shift? <laughs> I don't know. There's no need I have for no the idea. Yeah. What are you shifting? What are you move like you, you, there's it's very much a race car thing, but like you don't need to shift it because there's no <laughs> You don't need to adjust the torque because you're not mo- anyway. There's no gears. Yeah. It, anyway, so it's interesting to me that the 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 fireball apparently has a some way to shift, and when you do that, it explodes. It explodes. Uh, um, I think later. I think later, Niku is like, "Well, it's only exploded." Uh, no, Kaz asks how many times it's exploded, and Niku's like, "Only three. and Yeager's like, four. Right. Which, if you check back. When you accelerate, one. Uh-huh. When you shift, two. When you steer, three. And when you land, four. Yeah, there you so, go. There you go. <laughs> oh, uh, small note. Aunt Z places uh, the odds for uh, Kaz to win over Toradoza at 387 to 1. I just like listing the odds um, so I can annoy Han Solo if I ever meet him. It's great. Um Let's see. But I think it isn't isn't the odds of him dying in a fiery crash two to one. Yes. So bad odds. <laughs> well, there there's worse odds of him winning, right? But yeah. there's a better there's good odds of him dying. Good odds of him dying. Yeah. Uh, oh, poor Kaz. Yeah. We hardly knew ye. Yep. Um, we go down to meet the fireball. We meet the fireball. It is a hunk of junk. It um, is a hunk of junk. And uh, we also meet Tam Ravora, who uh-huh. is one of my favorite characters in the show. Tam's great. Uh, she is a mechanic, uh, and she actually knows what she's doing. She is constantly annoyed by Kaz, uh, just like me. So that's, I mean, I'm not a mechanic, but I, I, I'm also constantly annoyed she, by Kaz. She's also very upset because uh, that, that Yeager's going to let Kaz be the one to fly the fireball because... Um, he had apparently promised her that if she ever got it in the air, it would be hers to fly. Right. Um, right. So um, as they're like looking like they're like, oh, we need to fix it up. We need this, 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 this to fix it up. Um, and right when they're saying that 
Toradoza comes by and to wish Kaz good luck and is like, wow, that's a lot of ports. You need to fix your shit. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, I just want to say good luck. And Kaz is like super mean and cocky for absolutely no reason. Yeah, for no reason. I don't need luck. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just <laughs> like, I hate. Oh, man. Showboating. Kaz, Kaz is obnoxious. Uh. Um, and like I said, I've, I've watched almost the full first season and I'm like, he doesn't really get much better. Um, nah, it's he, a, it's a, yeah, he's there's just, some, there's some ter- terrible things that happen before yeah. he like lightens up a bit. Yeah. Um, and she goes, well, you know, I just want to say good luck. Uh, hopefully you'll make it past the first marker because uh-huh. most people explode there. Most people don't. Uh, she also tells him that no one, no one has survived of a, a race against her. Which is hilarious. Which is terrifying. Which is also, and also not true because... We literally just saw her race those other four guys, uh-huh, and uh-huh. they're all still alive. Um, yeah. I wonder if she means one-on-one races. I think she means one-on-one, but, like, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, and she goes, Crazy. but, you know, hopefully it will end quickly and painlessly. Um, so, yeah, and then she leaves. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. our, like, introduction to her. Um, but then he has to, uh, Kaz has to go to... The like shopkeepers, Flix uh-huh, to and go get Gog- all this uh, stuff. Uh, Flix and Orca. I like Flix and Orca I a lot. Mainly, just love the design of both of them. They're both really cool. So, uh, I had never seen a creature like Flix before in Star Wars. I was, and I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, "What on earth is this thing?" Well, Flix is. Uh, I'll just describe him first. He's like a a chicken that's, <laughs> yes. shaped, that's shaped like an egg that's uh-huh. wearing goggles and a tool belt um, with more like arm than than wings. Yeah. Um, but with like bird feet hands and then uh-huh. really, really long, tall bird legs. Yes. So he's super tall, like egg chicken. Um, and he is just hilarious looking. Um, I like him. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend, uh, going to the Gazo Wikipedia thing so you can see the picture of the Gazo banker because that also yeah. makes me laugh. Oh my God. Look at he's him. He's like a he's chicken a in a vest. <laughs> he's got a vest and he's got like a um, little pair of glasses yeah. on. And he's got his his chicken hands on his hips. Oh. Uh, but the most interesting thing about the Gazo, which are spelled G O Z Z O, they are the the fir- this is their first appearance. Um, but they were uh, based on concept sketches of an Ewok. Wow! By Ralph oh yeah, look at this! Look at this Ralph McQuarrie, uh like sketch art. Yeah. That's so on, apparently, uh, could you imagine if Return of the Jedi? Instead of Ewoks, we got these weird chicken these things. Chicken things. I love them. Kind of horrifying. I love them. I love them I so love them much. Too, but they're, <laughs> they're hideous. Um, so. Oh, they're great. I think they're great. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. So that's what uh, that's what the Gazo are, and I just love that. And that's mainly all I wanted to say about. Uh, about him because yeah anyway um, uh he is voiced by jim rash okay and uh his his partner i guess i i view flix and orca as a couple and i don't know if that's like 
if they're actually like a couple or if they're just like people they work together but like they give me that vibe i can see uh, it work uh, voiced by bobby Mo- Mo- uh, moynihan yeah i like him uh i don't know his species either uh he is a chadra fan and i believe we oh, have okay. definitely seen those before um i'm trying to remember i believe i thought they were in uh yeah they're um i thought they were in the cantina but i could be right there's one in the cantina yeah, yeah definitely uh, they like have like sort of bat they're like faces bat rodent things uh-huh um but yeah so they're uh they're from the outer rim world of chad chad which i love yeah um it's both a country and a planet and a planet um yeah chad chad's not a man it's a system (laughs) Uh, (laughs) exactly precisely anyway um so yeah so that's those two uh they give they're like oh we have all the parts you need and then kaz is like i can't pay for it and he's like what the heck and then kaz begs them and like well we can give you all these crappy parts that aren't worth anything if you go get us a sandwich basically which is actually really a creature like an aquatic creature Uh uh-huh it looks like a little piranha. Um, it's uh hang on, what is it called? He they go Um It is a Gorg. Gorg. Um yeah, and Niku <laughs> Niku describes them as the Womp Rats of the Sea. Which Great. I love. Um, that's that's fun. I need to start describing food as that. Oh yeah, that's the Womp Rat of the, the, womp the, of the of Sea. The um but uh basically this leads to an altercation with the guy that has first started a bar fight with at Aunt yep. Z's, who Bowls owns, yeah, who owns the, uh, he's apparently a small business owner. He owns yeah. the Gorg stand. Um, but it leads to one of the most important, probably the most important things in racing. Um, Kaz negotiates a sponsorship deal. Yeah. Um, so he says that if you give us this Gorg, I'll put your face on my ship. Uh huh. Um, and uh, even if and if I win, you win, you know, and your business will, will be uh, coming your shop. Which, yeah. What he doesn't say, um, which I, I kind of wish they had leaned into because it's definitely more likely an option. The odds of him winning are three hundred and eighty seven to one. Uh huh. Um, but even if he loses on the hollow vids and on the on the uh, like on all the replays and everything. It's still going to show his face a whole bunch of times yeah. on the side of that ship. So but either way, either way, he's getting he the advertisement. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So if you what do they they say you either win or you can crash spectacularly as long as the logo's showing uh-huh. uh, <laughs> because <laughs> that's the that's the sponsor, because the that's worst so thing you funny. can do is just be a middle pack and never on TV and yeah, never on the holophid and just no one ever sees your car um, or your ship in this case. Um, That'll be fine. And he agrees with it. Yeah. Bulls is like, you know what? Sure. Sure. I'll sponsor your sponsor your ship with this. <laughs> you gore. and the fireball. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he has a title sponsor, which I love. Uh, yeah. Day one. <laughs> Yeah. He just got here and he's already got a sponsor. Good for him. <laughs> he should have gotten another sponsor so he could get the because literally this is the biggest thing in racing is getting money for racing. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. The oldest saying in, in racing is if you want to make a small fortune in racing, you start with a large fortune. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, so he should have what he should have done is gone to all the other vendors and said, I'll sell you a part hey. of my ship. You want to be on the wings? Yeah, because uh, then he could actually afford, then he could good afford parts the good instead parts. of all these hand me down rummage spare parts that that Flicks and yeah. Orca have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess he doesn't have the. I mean, Yeager should have really done that because he's the one giving the ship, right? It's uh-huh. it would have been his ship, so he should have gone out and done the sponsors and been the team manager and everything. But um, Kaz is barely a like barely a resistant spy. But yeah, he's uh, been doing this for not even like the whole two day. days. Yeah. Um, uh huh. So anyway, um, they end up getting he end up bringing back the Gorg uh, to. Uh, uh, Orca and uh, Flix, and uh, they've already eaten at this point because it took <laughs> forever. Uh, but it doesn't matter. They give them the junk parts. They slap all the junk parts in the ship, um, and they prepare the race. Uh, the yeah. race uh, does not go as planned. No, uh, he has uh, some very uh, early reliability issues. Um, yeah, the ship doesn't start. So when when the uh, when the race begins, he just falls like a rock right. towards the ocean uh, and is able to get the jets on just at the last minute to take off. And he makes it through the first ring without exploding. Yeah, good for him. Right. That's the yeah. I mean, I, I guarantee you people lost prop bets on that. Um, oh, yeah. Almost certainly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So he makes it through that. And not only that is in this piece of junk, he's almost beating. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's almost beating. There's a, there's a brief moment where he pulls ahead of Toradoza. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, you're doing great." She's doing very uh-huh. like patronizing. You're doing great, Kaz. You're doing so good. Uh, but uh, in the end, he does fall victim to uh, one of the oldest blunders in motorsports, which is reliability. Um, in order to finish first, first you must finish. Uh, yeah. So. He ends up pushing the hunk of junk too far and too hard, and the ship just dies, uh, and he crashes in the water. Despite Eager on the radio constantly like, you just need to survive. You do you not just need, need to, to survive. Win. Yeah, um, he, he he does pull off and, and lets Torig pull ahead, but it's too late. Like, he's already pushed it too hard. Yeah. Uh, he ends up hitting the final ring, like, hitting the outside of it, and that's what, like, sends him careening into the water. Yeah. Um... Uh, Yeager tells him that, like, he lost, but he lost well. Yeah, which like, I don't he understand. he has proven himself to be a good pilot. Like, he, he, he nearly won in the fireball. Which, like, when, when they go to pick up the parts at Flix and Orcas, uh, they're like, oh yeah, we're, like, gonna pick up all this equipment. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, oh, it's not for the fireball, is it? And they're like, it's for the fireball. And they both laugh. Yeah. Hysterically. And they're like, oh, wait, you're serious. Yeah. He does well. Yeah, and he did. I mean, he did well. He he needs. He's got raw speed, but he doesn't have the maturity of a yeah. racing pilot yet. Um, Which is what he needs to learn. But I, I wish this show had just been about racing pilots because I would have been so into it. Yeah, um, it's, I get that. It's not. Uh, it's very much it, it becomes more into Star Wars stuff, but. Uh, Tim, it's called resistance. I know, but resistance could could be very much be about uh, like air resistance. Like he the needed. The rebel cut organization the... is literally called the resistance. Like, I know, but it could, it could still this. be about like you know. It's talking. You're right. Yeah. Uh-uh. You're right. I would like a lot more racing in this. It definitely like by the end of season one, 
um the the threat of the first order has is like firmly established yeah and so season two is more about like the spy missions and like yeah. going out and doing um just cool like resistance piloting rather than racing. But like what if they solved the resistance first order feud with a one race to rule <laughs> uh oh we didn't even mention it but we we get at the in that first episode when um the tie fighter pilot jumps into hyperspace to escape poe um he returns to a this star is at destroyer. the end of the second episode actually oh it's at the end of the second episode yeah. why did it take him so long to get home yeah it's a long hyperspace jump it's in the I he's guess. in the wilds. It's hidden in the what is it? The wild space. Wild space. Yeah. yeah. The 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 yeah. The this is the thing that we'll just forever have to deal with when it comes to um traveling through hyperspace. Is is it takes as long as the plot needs it to take. It does. Yeah. So in this instance, he he it takes him almost two days to get to the Star Destroyer. I mean, where... I don't think it really did, but it's no. Yeah, it, it, but it's framed that way. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we'll whereas see... there's an episode in the Clone Wars where, like, I think uh, R2 jumps from the Outer Rim to Coruscant uh, while Mace Windu and, and Anakin are about to be crushed by debris on a ship and, like, gets back in time to save them still. And it's like, OK, like that, that, that feels like that trip would take just as long and they're fine. Yeah, I mean, we see it take a long time in the original Star Wars to get from the Outer Rim to Alderaan, which is a central, is true. central cold planet. Um, but yeah. About, oh, 200 hours. But yeah, we see a cool shot of Starkiller Base being built. Uh, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. A la, you know, uh, second Death Star. Um, mm -hmm. Which is, it's not really being built per se. It's more being like filled in, I should say. Like, yeah, right. Because it started as the planet Ilum. Um, that's been confirmed, like right? Just, that's been like more yeah. or less confirmed. I mean, I think it's been more or less confirmed. There's a there's a in Jedi Fallen Order. We you go to Ilum and yeah. you find that the Empire's there and is is doing is working and like excavating. Yeah. And then you get there's a moment when I think you're leaving Ilum. You see, um, you see the band across the, the yeah. equator that is where the weapon on Star Destroyer bases. Which the is trench. smart. I mean, if I was the Empire. It's so out. devastating. Like this planet that has provided Kyber for generations of Jedi for millennia. And it is is excavated and turned into a weapon of destruction. It's also provided Kyber for the Sith. I mean, because yeah, you that's just true. indirectly they take it from the Jedi who got it from Ilum. Yeah. Yeah. Sh yes. So. Still, though, history, this historic place has been lost and destroyed, Tim. By the resistance, not by it wasn't <laughs> destroyed by the Empire. It was repurposed by the Empire. Yeah. I Yeah, sure. But <laughs> still, I'm just I just wanted to argue with you. So I'll look. heartbreaking. Yeah. The resistance destroyed a priceless, <laughs> a priceless piece of history. Planet. Yeah. Um, oh. without even thinking what this might mean to the Jedi. Well, what Jedi? It's fine. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> He's never... Uh, do you think Luke had ever been in Ilum? Knows anything about Ilum? Uh, I'd say That's he probably... He got his... 
Where did he get the kyber crystal for his new lightsaber that he built? Is that like a story that's ha- that must have happened in like the comics at some point? It must right? have happened at this point in the comic. There's the comics yeah. that take place between the two now. Yeah, that's got it. That's got to have been a, a thing. Add us on Twitter. Tell us where Luke got his yeah. second kyber crystal. I don't know. Well, well yeah, I mean, please let us know. <laughs> he bought it from Watto because he was on Tatooine at the time. Uh, how old do uh, how long do uh, Tordarians live? Hi, Tordarians live. Yeah, I don't know. Me neither. He seemed, I don't know, he's, he obviously seemed old in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. But like that could have just, he could have just been living a hard life, you know. Yeah, seems like it. Smoked too many death sticks. But yeah, I don't know. So that's our, our first two episodes. There's nothing else that we're really missing in this one, right? No, we, we pretty much hit yeah, everything. Race, yeah, what, what do you think up. of, what do you think of the, the show Resistance overall? Um, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, like, I, I really appreciate, um... Much like all the Star Wars shows, I feel like they start off a lot softer and then like get into like heavier topics. So um I guess like minor spoilers, right, for late resistance stuff. But the end of season one, um, the New Republic is destroyed by the First Order. Yeah. Which means that Kaz loses his father. Um Oh, that's where his like, ca- that's where his dad is. Yeah, that's where his dad is. Because his dad's like a senator or okay. something. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it becomes so much more personal for Kaz of, like, the threat of the First Order. Okay. This is more than just, like, him wanting to be an ace pilot for the Resistance. Like, now it's, like, there's weight. But also, like, I think I think at some point it becomes discovered that the Resistance is operating on the Colossus. And the First Order threat is, like, literally coming there. And the Colossus, like... Is also a ship, Tim. Cool. Well, I'll have to watch it, more of it then to yeah, get more of the lifts off and takes off yeah, into space, and then they have like the space first. missions. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, I'll have yeah. to. I'll definitely have to watch There's more some of good it stuff. stuff. Um, Tam's story is maybe the most interesting thing about Resistance. Cool. That's what I, that's what I like too. So yeah, she's great. Yeah. So I'll get I'll get more into that. Oh, we didn't talk about my. One of my favorite little minor characters that pops up in the second episode. Oh, we meet Yeager's droid Bucket. Oh, yeah, Bucket. And there's another Who one is like over 100 years old when he bought him is what he says, which oh means gosh. that Bucket was around like well before the birth of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Lived through the Clone Wars and the reign of the Empire. That's, and uh, he's great. And he's just, I don't know what he, uh, I don't know what he does. No, uh, he's, he's just, just uh, kind of a grumpy. He's grumpier than even Chopper was. Yes. I mean, he's an old man. Yeah. He's an old man to him. That's true. R1J5. The uh, the other character that I really like, there's like a janitor mm, on mm-hmm. the, uh, I'm trying to look up his name. God, what kind of species is he either also? Like, I've never seen something like him before, I don't think. I'm trying to... There he is. He's O.P. Pitt. O.P. Pitt. O.P. Pitt. He is a Frigosian. Um, oh. What on earth are these things? They're Her- fuzzy. Go to the... <laughs> I'm looking says, at the Frigosian yeah, uh, Look at, article it on says, Star Wars Wiki. Hair color yellowish. <laughs> yellowish it's hair gosh he's covered in hair 
Apparently there were a couple in Maz Kanata's castles. Huh. Okay. Rumba and Laparu. Ah, oh, man, I like OP Pit. But yeah, when they see him and his little... He's like polishing the floor. <laughs> yeah! They walk... He's like polishing the floor outside of Orca and Flix's place. And uh, he finishes this particular section and like moves aside. And they walk right through the path where he was just buffering and he looks so disappointed in them yeah but yeah so that's my favorite like background character i was like what on earth yeah he's cool he looks hilarious they had sensitive eyes that meant they had to wear goggles to protect them from the light in certain environments yeah cool so yeah so um yeah some cool actually a lot of cool aliens a lot of like uh cantina aliens and apparently macquarie inspired aliens I like that they're still finding, like, stuff to draw from from Ralph McQuarrie's, like, old concept art and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I definitely want uh, more Gazos in Star Wars. Please give me more Gazos. I love them. They're fantastic. Yeah. What a fun species. So, anyway, um, I think that'll do it for this episode. I think so too. Um, I I'll need to rewatch. I'll need to watch the rest of the sh- series just because it is definitely for kids. Yeah. Um, if you're planning on watching the show, uh, go in with that, um, with that in mind because it's definitely a much more lighthearted kind of goofy. Um, and then it also has a really unique art style out of all the shows that we've true. gotten from Dave Filoni. That's true. Um, uh, I would <laughs> the the cynic in me says a cheaper art style. Uh, sure. It does seem like uh, even even it, it it I think Rebels looks like it spends a little bit more money on its animation. But yeah, I wonder why. Like, I wonder if they use like a different. <sighs> yeah, I don't I don't know why they decided to like make it so so visually different from everything else that we've gotten so far. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm I'm assuming it's mostly money. Yeah, probably. Because even Rebels, you can tell, costs less than Clone Wars. Um, sure. But Rebels uses some tricks, like a lot of like the like Rebel officers and Imperial officers and stuff like that. They have everything. They like pull their caps down over their eyes so that they don't have to design too many different yeah character models and stuff like that. So I don't know. They use like little little tricks like that. It's yeah. interesting. But yeah. But yeah, that's a. Uh... Resistance episode one, The Recruit. Yeah. It's now entered into the archives. Entered into the archives. This was yeah, fun. Yeah. I'm glad you pitched this one. Yeah, me too. Um, we have some ideas for our next deep dives, uh, but our next one will be a banter episode. Yeah, banter episode this is coming tradition. up. Uh, by the time, my guess is that that banter episode is going to be a little bit about um, just stuff that's coming out. I think by the time that banter episode comes out, I'll have my hands on the Star Wars Ronin book because that's out. Nice. Um, I'll, next week. I'll have next watched Tuesday. Visions at that point. Yeah, I know Visions you've is going to be fun. We should, do a, we should do a Visions deep dive. I think I have a guest lined up for that already. Nice. Um, I think we're also going to have Tales of Terror by the time. Oh, yeah. I think uh, our next episode comes up. So. Yeah, in two weeks. Two Wait, weeks. is that? No, is it? Maybe. Uh, when does that come out? Our next episode will be October 14th. So yeah, everyone get ready. 
for our next episode. Uh, It'll be a fun time. Yeah. Fun time. Um, Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Star Wars Terrifying Tales uh, hits, um, for people listening, hits Disney Plus tomorrow. So that'll be fun. Hmm. That's out October 1st. Man, it's October, buddy. We have uh, flown through this year so far. Yeah, we have. All right. Okay. All right. I think that's it. That's our episode. We did it, Tim. Yeah, we did. Uh, We made it. Uh, so thank you guys. Made it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, uh, if you have any, if you want to talk with us, uh, you can either hit us up on social media. We're at NR Archives Pod on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. We are also on Instagram. Um, oh yeah, our Instagram is New Republic Archives, uh, and there's a picture of our little logo. Our little logo. Yeah, yeah, and we just we mainly just use that to let you. It's a different way to let you know that there's new things out. We post little pictures. Yeah, here's new episodes. Here's what's happening. Um, right. If we eventually go to if we eventually go to Galaxy's Edge together, we should we should put pictures there. Oh yeah, we'll do stories Show and stuff that like go. that. And, yeah, that'll be yeah, so fun. Which we definitely need that. to do. Um, we should make a plan. Uh, people can also join us on the Dueling Genre Discord server if they want to talk to us on Discord. We just had a whole conversation today about whether or not people in Star Wars can read, uh, which was very fun. Yeah, that was a so people can fun people do that. I link that in every um, every episode description. Yeah, and you're welcome. We're, we're always active there. Um, yeah. And uh, while we're at it, why don't you guys uh, check out another show on the Dueling Genre Network? Um, there's a whole bunch. If you go to DuelingGenre.com, you can look through. All sorts of stuff. Franchiseography, theme park this. Yeah. Uh, Tales from the Short Box, if you like your comics. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's highlight, uh, let's see, the True Believers podcasts uh, with hosts Becca, Chris, and Ray. Um, every time there's a new Marvel Cinematic Universe thing, they drop a podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you like this sort of stuff, you'd probably like that uh, that podcast as yeah. well. Uh, just deep dives that on each one fun. of the... Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure they're doing uh, the, the what if stuff. Uh, uh, my understanding. So for the other for the other shows that have come out on Disney Plus, they did episode by episode. They didn't. Uh, they dropped a uh, episode of True Believers after every episode of like WandaVision and Loki. I think yeah. for What If, my understanding is they're just going to do a big What If special at the end. That makes so sense. So after next week, when the last episode comes out, I think they're just going to record a big batch. Oh, that's um, perfect. So that'll be coming up in about a week, a week or two. Yeah. But they got the back orders for for a whole bunch of different, you know, all the WandaVision stuff yeah. and uh, all the all the different shows and mm-hmm. uh, and stuff that's going on in the MCU. And if you guys know me, that's my that's my other love is the is the the Marvel stuff. So yeah, we gotta we gotta we gotta figure out something to get them on or get us over there. Chris was on uh, the Dueling Genre versus. If people want to sign up for uh, just to show more Dueling Genre stuff, the Patreon. I hosted um, this most recent arc of Dueling Genre Versus, which is a show that does deep dives on movies and television series. And I hosted the first season of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, four episodes at a time. And I think both times I had Chris on at the end, he was like, I got to get you guys like I got to figure out a reason to come on your show sometime. So, yeah, for sure. And yeah, we got it. There's definitely I mean, technically, we could have him on for. Or any of them on for the Marvel Comics stuff. Um, if yeah, that. that could be fun. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's there's got to be a way, a, a more natural way to to do a crossover. Definitely. But, so yeah. Stay tuned for that potential future. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, check out that show. Check out a bunch of the Dueling Genre shows. Um, 
Check out the Patreon, Discord, our social media, all that. Um, Mm -hmm. And otherwise, we'll see you next time uh, in two weeks on Thursday. Um, And remember uh, that if it's not in the archives... It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist.